welcome to another episode of In The Loop Break by Roping Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Joe Fabrizio, and we're pretty excited about this next series. We are going to do 15 days of NFR breakaway roping. We are going to interview some of the top 15 breakaway ropers, as well as a couple of people behind the scenes. So thank you for listening to our podcast. Take a listen. Okay, guys. So today we are here with the roping director for the WPRA, Miss Jolie Jordan. Jolie, thank you for coming to the show. Absolutely. Thanks, Jordan. So, Jolie, we've had a series of different competitors that are going to the NFR over these last 15 days. Talk to us a little bit about Breakaway and their takeaways from the rodeo season 2021. I would love to know from your side of it, as a as a Breakaway director, you competed at a lot of the rodeos as well. What were some of your takeaways on the other side of the fence? Uh, you know, I just I just continue to be so impressed with the growth um, of of breakaway in pro rodeo and how how quickly the word is spreading and it's it's such a grassroots kind of you know we're not really happen to be out there beating the bushes and talking to committees and going hey please add breakaway so many of them are just hearing about it and seeing it you know on the cowboy channel and um they're getting excited about it it's bringing so much new energy into the sport of rodeo um in my opinion that is is really heartening to see because i've been around a long long time and so I don't think there has been this much new energy um, that I can remember seeing in quite a while. So I'm really excited, you know, when these committees call and, and say, hey, you know, we really think we want breakaway. Can, you know, what do we need to do? And um, so that's kind of my takeaway is just this growth has been phenomenal. You know, of course, with COVID last year, that just stunted a lot of what was happening. Um, but we still ended up with, I think, 54 rodeos. And that that number went over 200 this year. And um you know, I've already got a whole bunch of new ones on board for the upcoming season. So um, I think that's just that's my my takeaway from that side of things. It's just the growth is so, so phenomenal and so over the top of what I think we even I think we, we felt like it was going to happen. But, the, you know, the expectation is even exceeding uh, or the reality is even exceeding the expectation, I should say. On the other side of that, um, I, I just think there's so many. Um, you know, I think what's really cool is the, the, the depth of talent. Um, I talked about that a little bit last year when we went into the NFR, um, with those 54 rodeos, I think we only had two or three girls last year that won more than one rodeo and the rest, you know, was spread out. And, um, you know, this year you can just see it in how much turnover there was from who was at the finals last year to this year, it just shows the depth of talent of these ladies and how many of them out there are really extraordinary ropers. Um, and so I think that's been a big takeaway for me as well, is just how many, how many ladies there are out there that just are really handy with the rope. That is very certain. So, um, you know, I, I think we travel quite a bit and, and prestige to know that we're pretty, it's not just like we show up and only go to Texas, you know, and there was girls that I had never seen before, never met and was like, man, they rope awesome. Where did they come from? What is their name? <laughs> you know, um, that are just outstanding caliber of ropers. And so that was really exciting to see and to meet those people. You know, we would have never got to meet some of these girls that we've been able to meet over over anything else but rodeo. And so having that opportunity is really, really cool as a roper and as a competitor to sit back and and make those new friendships and relationships and see the growth of the sport. 
but I want to loop back a little bit to you said that there was 50 rodeos, give or take, that were approved in 2020, and then 200 plus rodeos approved in 2021. So what was? I know we were at Pendleton at a membership meeting, and there was a percentage of growth on that number. Um, how do you expect that percentage to grow in 2022? Do you, do you think it will double, or, or what are you? What are your thoughts on? some of the conversations you've had so far with some committees. Mm-hmm. I, I think it could easily double. I, I really, I really do. Um, and, and that's just, like I said, just looking at what was already approved uh, for the new season in October, there was already, a, you know, I don't, I think I counted a bit back and I don't remember off the top of my head, but I think we had maybe 15 or 16, you know, a month ago that were already approved that were brand new just in the first couple months of the season, you know, and then, even since then, you know, I've got committees at Dodge City talking to me about it. I've got Montgomery, Alabama, you know, it's uh, it's kind of neat to see some of those southeastern circuit rodeos come into the plate and wanting to have breakaway at their rodeos because that, that was sort of a slower area of growth uh, last year. So I, I think, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that we'll have 400, you know, approved rodeos next year or for 2022. Well, and that's just exciting, you know, and it was it was exhausting going to 70 plus rodeos. I can't even imagine having the opportunity to go to 400. But so just <laughs> yeah. for, for everybody's knowledge and and, you know, I know a lot of us don't really understand what the process looks like behind the scenes, approving a rodeo and talking to committees. So I know it's different for each and every committee, but can you break that down a little bit for us and explain to us what it looks like when a when a committee wants to put on a rodeo and have breakaway? Sure. Yeah. You know, usually they call and they all, it seems like cost is probably the biggest concern for all of them. So we, you know, we talk about uh, added money requirements on that. We talk about the stock charge, which I know, um, you know, is not something as competitors that we really like having to pay, but I tell you, it has been, uh, it has been a great tool for us with committees because it just helps offset a little bit of that cost. They know they're not just throwing a whole bunch in and, you know, not going to recoup any of it. Um, so, so it helps. So we talk about those sorts of things. They talk about, you know, every committee is kind of different. It's, it's their area of concern as sometimes they're worried about where to put it in their performance or how much time it's going to add to their performance or how many numbers they're going to have, or, um, you know, it, it's just each conversation is sort of tailored to their individual, uh, processes and when they're producing their rodeos, but, but overall, they're all so excited to have something new and, um, and to have breakaway because they they just enjoy it and you know it's very animal friendly it's um you know it's ladies it never hurts to have a few more ladies in pro rodeos so you know it's got a lot of great angles um besides just that it's really a great event very competitive and um it brings a lot to the plate for the spectators you know just just because what we were just talking about the <clears throat> that depth of talent because you know, you, you can build up your superstars all you want, but there's probably five or six girls in any given performance that you may not have heard of if you haven't, you know, been beating the road in the breakaway uh, that can come right out there and, and be super fast and win the sucker. So, uh, but but that's kind of it. We just work through those kind of things. Um, you know, we, we work we work out the rules and what the requirements are on cattle, uh, how many, how, you know, the numbers they've got to have of cattle, the, the requirements on the weight limits, of the cattle and just things like that, you know, kind of work through, through those sort of things. So they all want to make sure they're, you know, following the rules. Right. And so 
One thing I want to point out too, that I think is so neat. Um, you have been to the national finals rodeo in the barrel race. You were an avid competitor for several years and you, I grew up watching you and your mom, you know, team rope and breakaway at the all girl rodeos. So you have quite a bit of history within rodeo, the industry and um, breakaway roping as, as a whole. And so what are some of the parallels? You know, I know we're, we're a newer event and we're working our way to, you know, end result would be Thomas and Mac or wherever the finals is to be a part of the finals and actual performance. What are some of the parallels? Because I know the barrel racers fought, um, you know, for quite some time for to get in there and then become an event and get equal money. So what are some of the parallels you see between the barrels and the breakaway um, from what you experienced then and where it's at now? Yeah, I've I've always been a huge history of the history of the WPRA because I just I just think it's really neat and there was a lot of ladies that paved the way for all of us to be you know where we are today down through the years and um, you know the process took a while for uh, for the barrel racers they you know the first NFR was in 1959 and the the barrel racers weren't included in those performances until 1967 so. Um, you know, there was a little bit of time lag there. They didn't get equal money until the 90s uh, at the NFR. They got equal money at the regular season rodeos in the 80s. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of time there. I don't, I, I think that there's a lot of similarities into how, you know, breakaways being introduced as a new event. Barrels were sort of the same, sort of the same concept when it was being, um, you know, being promoted um, in the 50s and 60s. And so I think there, there are those parallels as far as with the committees and getting you know getting their support um and but i don't think the process is going to take near as long uh you know right now we're not requiring equal money at the regular season rodeos for for breakaway uh, just trying to keep you know keep the growth going but most of these committees when i talk to them you know if they're not going to add equal money they say we want to get there but it might just take us a couple years so I, I feel like the vast majority of these committees are going to get to equal money on their own without us really putting any pressure within a few years. Um, you know, there might be a few that we, we have to, you know, make, make rules and start insisting. Um, and at some point we will, but I, I just, I, I think the whole time frame is going to be a lot shorter because of just the, just the d- dynamics of where the world is right now. You know, it's a lot different than it was in the sixties too. Um, and like I said, just, just rodeo, you know, I think bringing something new to the sport is, has been really easy for everybody to embrace. So I, I don't think that's, that's going to be an issue. I think, I think we, I see us having equal money for breakaway within four or five years everywhere, you know, without right. it even really being a, a struggle. So I don't, I don't think it's going to be near the, the hardship and the, and the hours and sweat and tears that some of our you know, predecessors in the leadership of the WPRA and the GRA back then um, went through. Right. Well, and, you know, a few things. We're so thankful that to have that leadership in the WPRA right now that has been through and and been there and done that essentially. And so helping us maybe cut some corners in the process, as well as the fact that, you know, the WPRA, the PRCA and the Cowboy Channel, the Cowboy Channel has been like a huge godsend for everybody that wants to do all things cowboy, western, cowgirl way of life. Um, you know, everybody's like, I saw so-and-so on the Cowboy Channel. I watched this on the Cowboy Channel. So that, I think, has been one of the biggest benefits for our sport is that, that Breakaway is fast and fun and and the fans love it. And then especially, you know, the fans at home, too. They've been able to see us through 
the Cowboy Channel, whereas sometimes they wouldn't have heard about it till the sports news came out or, or you know, so on and so forth. And so, um, like you said, I think it will take less time just because we do have some things, the technology and, and the TV and the media on our side a little more than, than in the past. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that The Cowboy Channel shines a great big spotlight on, on it. And that's, like I said, when committees call me, uh, I most of the time it's we've seen it on the Cowboy Channel. So that's so helpful because it's, you know, I don't think a couple of years ago they would have been, if they, unless they, you know, were committee people that were versed in rodeo and had been around college rodeo or youth rodeo, then they probably weren't going to know really, well, what is this all about? What is breakaway roping? What does it look like? You know, we don't have to explain all that. It's so easy because they've seen it, you know, and, uh, and a lot of media coverage and, and, you know, both within our industry, like the sports news and WPRA, PRCA, of course, doing their promotion, but, you know, we've got great other media outlets, like all things breakaway, like, you know, the breakaway journal, we've got um, just, uh, just a lot of other outlets out there that are independent of the rodeo associations that are doing a really good job of promoting breakaway and spreading the word. Yeah, most certainly. And thankful for all those outlets. Um, so I want to transition a little bit to the NFR moving this year from Texas to Vegas. What is the, what does it look like behind the scenes for you, um, you know, going into it as far as the planning and, and, you know, I will say hurting the cats, so to say, <laughs> there's a lot <laughs> that goes on behind the scenes. So can you talk a little bit about what that process looks like? Yeah, you know, it was a, it was a completely different year than last year. Um, in the in the planning stages, I mean, I think we we kind of knew because we had it last year, we definitely were going to have something this year. And our hope was to get, you know, in front of the NFRC National Finals Rodeo Committee um, and, and talk with, with them about something. And, and there were some conversations happening, you know, kind of informally uh, to those ends and to maybe, you know, there was even some ideas thrown around about just maybe even a couple of performances instead of all 10 and just different ideas. Um, a, a lot of that was just real informal and under the radar. Um, president, our president, Jimmy Monroe, uh, got to make a presentation in September to the NFRC about breakaway and where we were and the growth of it and those kinds of things. And I think that was the first time it was kind of really formally put in front of, of them. Um, so, uh, you know, I think we were we were kind of hoping that we could get something done. Um, but in the end, you know, there's just there's just a lot of layers to that and a lot of, you know, do we want to change formats or do kind of weird things to make sure we get some of the gals to rope with the Thomas and Mac or do we want to wait till we can get them all there? Or do, you know, there was all those conversations and we tried to include members in that um, as well. And so uh, when we got to visit with the NFRC board there in, in um, September, um, you know, I think they were pretty receptive. They that was kind of the first time it had sort of been put put in front of them more formally to as like maybe this is something we can talk about in the future. So I think those conversations are now kind of opening up, um, and I think a lot of that is just getting the right, you know, the the right decision makers, the right information, and and getting to start those conversations, which I believe is happening now. Um, and and having it there in Las Vegas is, I think, going to be unvet advantageous, um, even though we're not, you know, at Thomas Mac, which is what we'd all prefer. But I, um, I still think just being right there in Las Vegas is advantageous for us in, um, you know, basically making our sales pitch um, to be added to to the NFR itself. Um, and there's a lot of things that have to happen 
contractually and, you know, sponsorship. And, you know, there's just, there's just a lot of legs that need to be, or hurdles that need to be stepped over to, to get it done the way we all envision it happening. But I, I think we'll get there. It's just going to be, the only question is going to be how long do we think it'll take, you know, but right. I'm optimistic. So. And I am too. And, and I think we have so many people that are, that are on our side, you know, obviously we would like to happen yesterday, but there are a lot yeah. of different, different hurdles. And, you know, like you said, the sponsorships, the added money, the venue, the timing, there's so many different irons in the fire there. So it, all those things will come together. And like you said, when we're not sure, but we're, um, you know, I think it's a great opportunity. And, you know, I had somebody ask me the other day, do you ever think, did you think three years ago that you guys would have a national finals rodeo breakaway? And I said, absolutely not. It was just a dream. And so now that dream's coming to fruition and, and thankful and for all these committees and rodeos adding it, you know, um, it really is. Sometimes you got to pinch yourself and be like, is this really happening? So kind of neat. Yeah. It's, it's kind of that whole, it's kind of a paradox right now because it's funny that, you know, a couple of years ago, none of us could see this. We, we knew some rodeos were adding it and it's, and so it's so outlandish how far we've come and it's amazing, but the growth has been so fast that then the expectations still run out ahead, you know, and we still get, um, I know for me, I, you get a little impatient, like how come it's not happening? And it's like, you have to kind of every now and then take that big giant breath and go, you know what, this is happening really fast. It's not as fast as all of us would like it to be, but it's still super fast. And, um, and we just have to remember, you know, how, how our, our business is sort of slow to change. And so I think it's been phenomenal what we've, we've, we've done. So we, we need to kind of keep holding on to that, keep pushing for the, where we want to be, but keep holding on to it's happened really fast. And, um, and, uh, and, and just remember that, that portion of it. Yeah, most certainly. Um, tell me a little bit about, okay, so what are the dates We're we're going, it's going to the Las Vegas, it's going to the New Orleans. So tell me about the dates, the times, uh, a little bit about the structure that's different from last year, uh, and some of those details. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're very thankful to group W, um, and the Orleans, uh, for partnering with PRCA and us, and of course, Wrangler stepping up huge again um, as bringing a big portion of the added money um, and all of those entities working together really on a short basis because we, we sort of threw all this together just since the end of September um, because we were, you know, like I said, we were still kind of hoping for some other some other things to come to fruition, but we had this sort of in the back of our head to do it. Um, it's going to be just two days instead of three um, like it was last year. And so it's going to be the traditional format, five go, uh, five go rounds each day. So 10 complete rounds and an average paid this year, which is something we pushed a lot for last year because um, that's what the ladies wanted. And, you know, I think that's most of us are kind of traditional on that to us. NFR means 10 go rounds and an average, at least at this point. So um, we, we kind of made some compromises last year and having it spread over three days changed, you know, the the, the uh, optics of it a little bit too. So, so this year it's two, they'll rope five rounds each day uh, at the Orleans at one o'clock on December 6th and 7th. So there's still tickets available. They're actually having a, a black Friday sale on tickets. If folks want to get online, uh, uh, it's all over uh, social, I think. And then I think it's the Orleans arena. I should have that in front of me, but I think it's orleansarena.com. You can get the tickets and the pro promo code is BOGO. It's buy one, get one free. So 
uh, we want to fill that place up. You know, we want uh, we want every every seat taken with fans enjoying, you know, the, the best breakaway ropers of the season, you know, battling it out. It's going to be a great race for the championship. There's a bunch of gals that are, you know, close enough to, to be able to come walk out of there with the world championship this year. So it'll be a really exciting, uh, exciting event to watch. And, you know, I think the dynamics are, are very different um, roping that many rounds in a row, you know, like the NFR itself, you have one round and then you have 24 hours to think about it, whether you did good or bad. And, um, you know, this is going to be a test, I think for the ladies just happen to regroup after each round and come right back ready to, you know, pour it all out there again and go as fast as you can. So I think it's going to be great watching. Yeah, for sure. And I know last year at Texas and Globe Life Stadium, the atmosphere was just electric there. And so uh, I am looking forward to the atmosphere out in Vegas and at the New Orleans. Uh, you know, it won't be the same as, as roping in that arena, but it will be electric, I'm sure. And hopefully you can fill the, fill the house and, and uh, get some people there watching and supporting. Absolutely. I, I agree. I, I think, um, you know, I think the, the atmosphere is going to come right off of the amazing gals and the way they rope, you know, just like last year, that first, that first go round last year was so amazing from the, I think what maybe one gal missed and everybody else was fast in that first round. And it was, um, it really set the tone. And I'm sure that I feel like that'll happen again, because that's just the level of competition we'll have compete, competing there. Yeah. And that's what several of the girls and I have talked about, you know, there's no backing off anymore. And I'll never forget that first round of competition last year. I think two, five or two, six was the longest time at all. And you know, it was just like one after the other and one after the other. And um, it's just really neat to see, you know, our sport and how tough it is. And, you know, I'll match it up against anything. I think it's, it's probably more tough than the bulldog and almost because you're, you have to score great and you have to rope fast and, um, you know, I just, it's pretty neat to see the horsemanship and the skills and the talented ropers and the athletes. And, and when it all comes together, you know, I know that you do a lot of hard work and there's a lot of thanks that you probably don't get. So I'm just going to go ahead and say thank you right now on behalf of every breakaway roper out there. You put in timeless hours and a lot for, for not a whole lot in return. So, um, thank you for all of the work that you have done and continue to do and to make this happen. You know, it's, it, there's so many different working parts and I think that's something that we all need to keep in perspective. Well, I appreciate that. It's, uh, it's been fun for me to be a part of, of the history. Like I said, I'm such a fan of history and I feel like I'm getting to be a little piece of the history that, you know, folks in 20, 30 years will look back on the way I do at how the barrel race got rolling, you know, so it's rewarding for me in that way, but it's just a lot of people behind the scenes, you know, there's so many people that are so excited to see Breakaway succeed and are working on, you know, toward that goal. So um, a lot of people in the WPA office and our leadership on our board, you know, in the PRCA um, sponsors, I mean, you know, there's a lot of sponsors stepping up too that are interested in being part of, you know, this new movement. So it's a, it's a, it's a big working team and everybody's, uh, everybody's rowing this boat forward. And, um, the energy I, in my, I always feel comes starts with the, the ladies themselves. And I've said that all along is they were their own advocates to get this thing going for so many years. And, um, they deserve the credit. We've all just sort of picked it up and, and are help carrying it now. So they're not doing it alone, but, but it really started with them. And I, you know, that's, that's one thing too, just like you said, I, I hope to look back one day and, and know and, and think, you know, at least we, we were a part of that initial 
um, push and, and to be a part of history, you know, I know right now we probably don't see that, but I think I was just thinking the other day, you know, time goes by so fast. It, it doesn't take long at all. And, you know, um, just to be thankful for each and everything that we get the opportunity to do, we get the opportunity to rope, um, you know, and compete at this level and, um, uh, the, the things that are to come, you know, I'm really excited for what's to come for our sport, the doors that are going to open for us, uh, throughout the year with rodeos. And then, you know, as our finals continues to grow. So, um, if there were, if people are wanting to watch at home, where do they watch at is, uh, where is it going to be broadcasted? It'll be live streamed on the Wrangler network. So you can, you can log right on there and watch from there. They did a, a really great job last year carrying it for us and, um, they'll be right on top of it again. So they, they provide great coverage. Awesome. Cool. Well, Jolie, I really appreciate you taking the time. Is there anything else that you would like to add um, to share over these last 15 days of breakaway? <laughs> no, I, I, I'm looking forward to hearing all the interviews because uh, you and I were talking before about just the, the great mix of talent and different personalities and styles. And um, I'm looking forward to listening to all of them and because uh, they all bring something unique and different to the table. And um, I do, I do always equate our event more closely really to break to bulldogging than I do even tie down roping, just because I think it's so all or nothing. I mean, you just mm -hmm. have to go all out every time if you want to win at this level. So that's, a, that's, um, to me more like the, the steer wrestling and, and the turnover and how many guys can, can make the finals every year. I feel like it's similar to the breakaway too. There's such a huge, huge, uh, a group that can really rope at this level. So. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun listening to the ladies' stories before we get there and then watching them rope and see who comes out on top. Thank you so much for joining us on In The Loop Breakaway podcast. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to me, feel free to email me at jordan at com. We appreciate you listening to us and we'll see you down the road.